Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. everyone. My name is Rebecca Chen. I'm a partner with Ready and Newman, and I'll be doing the conference for today. Uh, if you do have a question, there should be a link in the chat to a Google sheet where you can add your question. If you are here for the first time, um, please note in that sheet when you enter your name and question that you're a newcomer, so that way we can prioritize you in the list. Um, Shruti, can you start our first question? Uh, hi. Hi. Uh... Uh, good morning. I have Hi. posted my question on Google Sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check with uh, Srinivas T. Tata Kodi. Okay. So your son is 20 years old in H4 status and he'll turn 21 this year. You're on an H1B visa and your perm is approved last week. Um, okay. So your priority date is June 2012? Correct. Okay. So you have not applied for the I-45 yet, right? Right. Okay. So you weren't able to file the I-45 like in 2020 or 2021? Right. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, well, let's see. It's an EB-2, June 2012. It's cutting it really close. I mean... If you were to downgrade to EB3, do you know if your employer would be willing to do that? Uh, it's not willing to do. Uh, that's why just I'm in state of confusion. So it's a perm-based I-140, right? Yes. Yeah, your June 12th, 2012 priority date is right before the EB3 cutoff. So if your employer was willing to file an I-140 downgrade, then you could file the I-45 for your whole family, including your son, and your son's age would be locked in under CISPA. So to downgrade to EB-3, uh, so the PADME is not uh, required to file again, right? Who is not required to file again? No, the PADME. Labor, do I need to... PADME does not need to be refiled, just an I-140, and you can pay for it. You can pay for the entire filing and legal fee for the I-140. Petition, the only thing your employer would need to be willing to do is just sign the paperwork. It's not Mm -hmm. saying anything different than what the EB2 is saying. He just states the exact same job requirements, exact same Mm -hmm. job location. Um, Mm -hmm. They will need to provide their financials um, for the past, you know, 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. So because they have to show the part, is it the same company that filed your I-140 back in 2012? It's a new new employer. Okay. Then they're not required to, you know, give their tax returns back to 2012. Then they just submit the same 
pretty much financial documents that they submitted for your most recent I-140. Yeah, it, for them, then it's mostly just a matter of signing the paperwork. It doesn't obligate them to anything else. It doesn't require them to do anything else. You can pay for all of it. I would definitely talk to your company again and let them know that basically if, you know, you need to file the EB-3 in order to allow your son to have any chance of getting a green card. Like basically he'll age out at, you know, in September. And if it's not filed by then, um, okay. yeah. And offer to pay for everything, you know, make it clear to them that it doesn't require anything more from them than what they just yeah. signed off on in the EB-2 approval. I would make every effort to do that and get the EB-3 I-140 filed with the I-485s for your whole family. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you. Let me check with my employer. Um, okay. And uh, if I needed, like, and I will uh, schedule it. Uh, like, uh... Okay. Next question. Abidi Ali Khan. Yeah, hi, ma'am. So, uh, you know, uh, this is query I've already posted there. So my question is here. So actually, uh, my petition expired on 6th of April and uh, it was filed on the same day, but it reached the next day there uh, to USIS. It was received the next day, 7th on, uh, by USCIS. So, and uh, my I-94 is expiring on 16th. So can I uh, stay here in US and uh, continue my work? Uh, I should leave yeah, US. that is probably fine. So yeah, the I-94 is usually given with an additional 10 days. It's best if the application is filed before the I-797 validity end date. So it's best if it was filed by April 6th, but if not, we have used that 10 day extra time on the I-94 also. And USCIS hasn't really, in the past, they haven't considered it late if it's filed within those extra 10 days. So um, in your situation, I would say it should be fine for you to stay and continue working. Um, if possible though, I would make sure the application is in premium processing or if not upgrade it to premium, just to make sure if you see it. Yeah, initially it was fine. Yeah, so now I'm going to upgrade with premium. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah but I, yeah, I don't think you need to depart the US since the I-94 is still valid. Okay, so no need to leave the U.S. and can I, I can continue my work, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. That's it. Right. Rikant Verma. Hey, hi, hi, madam. Uh, uh, this is Srikant. So I have already posted my question in the Google Sheet. Uh, it's with the Srikant Verma name. Uh, are you able to see that one? Yes. Okay. So. Oops. The you're getting ready to file your H-1B extension or, yes. okay. So they're going to start it in May and then you're going to travel in July. Um, I would say it is best to wait until there's at least a receipt number for the extension application and then book the, like submit the DS-160 with that extension receipt number. You don't necessarily have to wait until it's approved in order to fill out the DS-160, but if you at least have the receipt number of the new application, that is best. If you book the appointment with your old receipt number, you'll need mm -hmm. to fill out another DS-160 later with the correct receipt number and ask UCIS to kind of 
match it up. And they can do that if for people who have accidentally done that, but it's best not to put yourself yeah, in that a, Actually, like we can fill the DX160 the day before we go to the interview as well. But my yeah. question is like in the US travel docs, once we submit uh, the receipt number, we cannot change that one. But in DS-160, no, we, we can do that one. But for now, can I, uh, because the slots are getting the slots is getting very tough for the H-1B in my country. So, so my question is like, uh, can I book the slot with the old receipt number in the DS-160? Once I get uh, like my approved extension, I can fill out the DS-160 and- uh, You can try. It. Some people have been able to do it, but it's not guaranteed. You can try. Oh. Um, the best situation is if you can just book it once with the extension receipt notice. So see if your company is willing to just start the extension now, if possible. Okay. Yeah, got it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I'm here. Hi. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Question. Um. Okay. So your H ones and H fours are valid in for about a year from now. Um. Yes. Okay. So one thing actually to make sure of. Um. Have you checked your? Have you and your family traveled since this most recent H one B H four? No, we have. We have. Okay. Not. Okay, um, so just double check maybe anyway your um, children's I-94 from the CBP website because if their passports are expiring soon, um, sometime, depending on when their most recent entry was, sometimes CBP will cut off their I-94 um, to the date end date on their passport. So just go online to the I-94 website. Um, if you just Google I-94CBP, so the CBP website shows the older date, so it doesn't show the uh, newer date because okay. we, we got the visa stamped in 2019, so the earlier one was valid till 2021. Okay. Um, extension was filed after, so 2024 okay. is in, uh, th that's a physical form that I got with the H-4. Okay, so they have I-797 approval notices with the I-94 card valid until June, uh, April 2024? Correct. Okay. Okay, that's good. Um, then, yeah, you can, technically, yes, that's fine to renew the passport while the application is pending. Um, it USCIS just requires that the passports be valid at the time the application is filed. Mm -hmm. um, and in a couple of situations, we've gotten an RFE from USCIS asking for the renewed passport if the application was pending beyond the passport expiration date. So if you are, um, when are you having the transfer file? Does it look like? So they're just ready to, ready to file as of today. Um, okay. We have submitted, I, I have to discuss it with them. Okay, do you know if they're filing in premium? Yes, they are. Okay, I would say that's fine then. If they're filing in premium, um, then probably there won't be an RFE asking about the new passports for your children since it will likely be approved well before um, June. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, I would 
start getting their passport renewed now so that oh, yeah for sure yeah I, I have them ready so there's this uh, process of doing it in a fast way so I don't know if I have to do it that way they usually promise it to do it in three days uh, called that call service for Indian uh -huh. passport otherwise it's going to be three weeks so um, I just want to know which one to go for is, is there is there urgency here not necessarily. You can have the H-1B and H-4 applications submitted with your children's current passports. That should be fine. So I would say there isn't really a need to get the new passport before filing the H-1B and H-4 applications, um, but still just plan to get them renewed before they expire because you're supposed yes. to always have a valid passport while you're in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Just one more thing. The the CBP website, it's not latest, so that's fine, right? Since I have the that's other fine. Yeah, okay. the CBP website will only update as Future. a result of an entry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate sure. it. VM ready? VM ready? Yeah. Hi. Uh, good morning. So I posted the question there mm -hmm. with VAM. I'm planning to travel India. I have approved GCAD in EB2. So I downgraded this year again uh, for EB3 and the application still pending, 765 and So I can travel to India and use the EB2 GCEAD and come back. What about my the pending application in EB3? Is there okay. will be so you said that you have the EAD as a result of the pending EB2 that was filed. Did you also receive the advanced parole? Yeah, yeah. In EB2, I have received in August 2022, okay. the last stage. I Is got it a the tape. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a okay. combo card. Okay. But I, again, the as dates went back in October, so yeah. I applied in EB3. Okay. When does the advanced so parole those, expire? Uh, it's in 2024, August. Okay. So you're planning to travel to India this year and, and come the, back? Yeah, the next week I'm planning to go and come back within two, two or three weeks and okay. use the EB2 EAD, advanced payroll. Fine, yeah. But I have pending uh, in EB3. I yeah. applied in EB3 as mm -hmm. well. So yeah, those, so... still the application didn't get generated. So they applied in premium process mile higher and they rejected and again, he sent it. Is didn't send proper fee and again they rejected. Oh, I see. So okay. the application, the receipt still didn't generate. It might generate by next week. But if I go and come back again, I need to apply EB3, the 765-131 or not required. It will be okay. It should be okay. Um, okay. So we know that we have said a lot that if you depart the U.S. while an I-131 application is pending, then there's a likelihood the I-131 will be denied. It seems like USCIS doesn't deny a pending I-131 if you are exiting and coming back with a valid, unexpired okay. advance parole. Oh, um, then, yeah. So means, yeah, I thought like I'm using EB-2-1 with EAD and pending is the EB-3. So I thought I need to refile again 131 in EB3 or that will be in progress as it is, correct? Um, it should be fine. Okay. But there is a, UCS has been kind of inconsistent on that 131 denial policy. We see it about 50% of the time, but their official policy is that 
it can be denied if you depart the U.S. It may be a good idea to just reapply for it when you come back, just to be safe. Okay. Um, I don't think you need to reapply for the I-765. The I-131 being denied due to travel is only applies to the advanced parole, not the EAD. So, yeah. and there's no filing fee attached to it. So it should be fine to come back and just refile for it. Okay. In so I need to send like the reference, the 485 and all those, no? Means I'm not sending 485-765. No, you don't need to refile the I-485. Just the I-131. Just refile one three one. They will track it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Sure. So, but it won't be any effect. Yeah. That should be fine. Yeah. Thank you. Kartik ready? Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Kartik here. Hi, go ahead. Yeah. I posted my question on the Google Docs once. Then check it. Okay. So you didn't get the stamping? Oh, you did no, get the stamping done. Yeah, my stamping was done already on last April, but I haven't like start travel to US yeah. till date. Okay. So can I do a transfer now and do I need to like go for an insert interview as well right now after so, transfer? Yeah, so because you did get the visa stamp at least, you're considered counted in the lottery. So you don't need to go through the lottery again, which is good uh -huh. news. Um, if there is another company now who's willing to file your H-1B, they can mm -hmm. file it for you requesting consular process. So they have to check the box on the form requesting consular processing, but okay. you don't need to go to the consulate again to get a new visa. So you can, once mm -hmm. the new company's application is approved, they just need to email you a copy of the I-797 approval notice. Mm -hmm. And then you can travel to the U.S. immediately with the old companies visa stamp and the um, new company's I-797 approval notice. Um, just make sure when you come in at the border that you're saying that you're mm -hmm. coming in to work for the new company. Um, okay. And when they double check your I-94 after you come in to make sure that they gave you the I-94 matching to company B's end date rather than company A's end date, which company. would be October, 2024. But yeah, you don't need to go to a consulate interview again. Okay, sounds good. So there'll not be any problem at port of entry, right? Just the I-94 is what uh, we need to be careful with. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine to use um, the H-1B visa stamp from a different company as mm -hmm. long as it's unexpired and you are coming in to work on H-1B with, with a company that has an H-1B approval for you. That's fine. Okay, okay, fine. So uh, just to mention that I haven't like entered US till date, so that's not a problem. It's not a matter at all. Um, no. If they ask about it, you can just say that, you know, the job offer with that previous company mm -hmm. fell through. And so you didn't travel to the U.S. based on their approval notice um, and you got a new job offer for this company B. And so you're coming okay. into work for them. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rebecca. That's it. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Rebecca, I posted my question in the chat. Yes. Um. Let's see. Yeah, so again, that should be fine. You can travel, you can definitely travel outside the US and come back in as long as your current advanced parole is still valid. So definitely make sure you're coming back in before July 15th. Um, yeah. Like I said, USCIS seems to not deny a pending I-131 if the departure outside the US is on a, an already valid advanced parole. So there is a it's, I would say it's likely they yeah. won't deny the I-131 
in your situation if you're going and coming back before July 15th. But if you want to be on the safe side, you can refile the I-131. Um, as for, so the kind of uh, criminal matter, it, it traveling on advanced parole is helpful because you don't need to go through the consulate where that would be more of an issue. We don't know how much CBP at the border has access to kind of state databases regarding that. We've heard of some situations where people were stopped by CBP at the border um, due to kind of prior criminal infractions. Yeah, um, I plan to I plan to ca carry all the documents pertaining to it because I I the case has been closed. You know, I have the court documents, I have the corrections document, uh, uh, the local police documents, and everything. So I okay. plan to carry and, all of that uh, along with me physically uh, okay. while I'm traveling, just in case. And it was just a single. One, right? Yes, one instance okay. of a DUI, which I, I pled guilty, uh, served a day, and, uh, you know, uh, have taken care of it, right? So, okay. Yeah, I think that should be fine. I can't guarantee that CBP won't ask about it. It's possible they might not ask about it. We've had some clients who had um, mm -hmm. DUIs and CBP. It, it's kind of it's just that. Much. Yeah, it's just that yeah. I haven't traveled. Uh, yeah, exactly. Every, it's your first time yeah. traveling, and, um, and not just not just since that incident, but ever since I entered U.S. back mm -hmm. in like 16, 17 years. So yeah, right. but you did um, disclose it on your I four eight five form about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it should be fine because again, even if you had to go through the consulate, it's not something that would prevent you from coming back to the US. It's just that the consulate, they would require you to go through the physician screening. And no, I, I don't, I don't plan time. to go. To, yeah, exactly. I to go to stamping at all. Um, uh, I would just be, like you said, um, have all your documentation of um, the exact charge that it was resolved um, mm -hmm. and be prepared for potentially uh, having to wait in, yeah, secondary inspection and undergoing <coughs> longer questioning when you're coming back in. Um, but it's, again, like a single DUI offense is not something that should prevent you from entering the U.S. So, yeah, just be prepared with all your documents and be um, ready to kind of just answer clearly and concisely any questions they have. And and on that note, uh, if I may take two more uh, minutes of your time. Uh, so. Port of entry. Does it really matter? Like, if I if my if my house and my uh, job is in a certain city, do I do I still need to enter and leave through that city, or uh, I can travel through? Like, you know, uh, if I'm in the West Coast, can I travel from New York because the flights might be cheaper? Or that's fine. Flight? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Um. Okay. On that note, if possible, I would avoid Chicago as the as the oh, airport okay. where you're entering into the U.S. Basically, try not to pass through the immigration at Chicago O'Hare Airport if possible. We just hear more problems there than most other airports. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I don't plan to go through that. Okay. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Robin? Yep. So uh, my H-1B max out date is on 
I, I have posted the question on the uh-huh. form. If you can take a look. Okay. Um, so May 19th includes any recapture time from yep. time to dealt with the U.S.? Okay. Um, yeah, it is pretty difficult. I would say in the, usually in this case, um, if it worked for your wife's pregnancy, usually the main options, if you're not able to get um, the I-140 and H-1B extension filed before um, your max out, would usually be to depart the U.S. or change to a different status here in the U.S., the other status here in the U.S. is usually only H-4, if that's an option, but I know in your case it wouldn't. Yeah, that's not an option. Um, or yeah. we've had some people switch to F-1. Um, in your case, I would say probably B-2 is probably an okay option. We usually don't recommend that too much because um, USCIS in general doesn't really like using B-2 as a way to like kind of remain in the country when a prior, when an other visa is denied or has kind of run out. But um, in your case, I would say it probably the circumstances of your wife and her pregnancy probably is fine for requesting a B2 because it's, you know, a situation where it's not really safe for you all to travel right now. So. Okay. So if I apply for B2, uh, that request will does not have the, that's H1B to B2 conversion, right? It does not have the premium option. No, there's no premium option when you're, so it would be the I-539 application and you would need to uh, file it for both of you, both you and your wife would need to file the I-539 and there's no premium processing option on that. However, um, UCIS did recently say that, um, kind of in one of their Twitter feed threads, they did say that for people who, this was more in the context of people who are laid off from their job in the H-1B context and switched to B-1 or B-2 as a way to continue job searching here in the U.S. Um, They did say that if you do file a B-1, B-2 change of status application, that when you are able to refile an H-1B, like you have a, in their example, it was, you know, you find a new company that can file your H-1B application. Um, UCIS will make an effort to adjudicate the I-539 and the new H-1B application at the same time. So okay. hopefully that also applies in, it's almost exactly the same situation in yours, except that in your case, it's not as a result of a layoff. It's as a result of the H-1B max out. And instead of a new H-1B, it would be an H-1B extension by your company once the I-140 is approved. Um, I would still give that a try. Um, So your attorney can submit the H-1B extension application, you know, by hopefully around June or so, if the I-140 is approved by then file the H-1B extension with the I-140 approval notice, and they should include a copy of the I-539 receipt notice for you and Mm -hmm. in the H-4 for your wife, and include a request in their letter asking USCIS to adjudicate both at the same time. Okay. Um, So requesting USCIS to extend the stay without a conversion, is that not an option or has that ever worked? No, out? so it wouldn't be possible. You mean filing for the H-1B without an I-140 approval? All right, maybe emergency extended stay. Um, let's see, your perm, how long was, uh, when has your perm been pending? Uh, it's almost eight, eight months. 
Okay, but less than one year, right? Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. If your perm had been pending for at least a year or, yeah, then we would, your company would at least be able to request a one-year extension. Right, based yeah. On perm, but yeah. Yeah, barring okay. that, barring an I-140 approval, they won't accept an H-1B extension. So I would, yeah, probably try the B-1, B-2. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. Sure. Uh, hi, Rebecca. I have posted my question mm -hmm. on the Google. Right. Okay. So um, as far as your first question about how long you can remain in the U.S. after your STEM OPT expires, there's a 60-day grace period from the end date on your EAD card. Um, and then I know you mentioned that you are considering re-enrolling in school to continue an F1 status. Um, so uh, I oh, have... I so they have a job offer for you for H1B. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. And so they may be filing your H1B in July. Is that right? It's in process, yes. But they have a lead time. So they won't start until July. And then they have a joining date for August 1st. Okay. When exactly is your OPT expiring? It's June 3rd. Okay. It's cutting it really close to the 60 days. Um, yeah, but if they, yeah, technically that's fine. If they can get the H-1B change of status because they're cap exempt, right? They they don't have to go through the lottery for you. Um, if they can get the H-1B change of status application filed within those that 60 day window, um, then that's that's all that's required. That's still considered on time. All right. And on the other hand, I'm also like, considering like marrying my fiance he's in the united states on f1 visa and then okay. f2 visa process so i'm thinking would they both like and have any complications or they can go simultaneously how can that work out uh they could go simultaneously but i would say if it is pretty it's best to kind of choose one or the other if it does seem pretty certain that this academic institution will be filing your H-1B within the 60-day grace period and make them aware of the kind of 60-day deadline or your deadline for having it filed. If they are pretty certain that they're going to file it, I would say filing the F-2 um, change of status isn't really necessary. If you're if you want to have it there as a backup, you would need to be married, of course, before you can file the F2 change of status. Um, so kind of plan that out and make sure you have enough time before um, filing that. If you do file an F2, it would also need to be filed within those 60 days after June 3rd. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you wanted to file the F2 change of status application um, just in the 60 days as a backup while the H-1B is being prepared, then, you know, potentially once the H-1B is filed um, and approved, you could just withdraw the I-539 application that's pending for the F-2. Um, but make sure you withdraw it because if you don't, it's more a matter of timing. If the H-1B gets approved and then the F-2 gets approved later, that will basically, the F-2 will, it'll change your status back to F-2 um, or 2F-2. It'll cancel out the H-1B basically. So just if you do have them going on in parallel, make sure you withdraw the F2 as soon as the H1B is filed or approved. All right, okay. Okay, thank you. Sure, okay. 
Um, sorry, I'll need to end the call here for today. Uh, the next one will be tomorrow at 3.30 Central. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.